Hey, good morning, Stockholm Community Church. What an honor it is to be with you this morning. And as you can see, we've done a little renovation to the Dunn living room. Thought we'd knock down a few walls, open it up. Let's be honest, we like the view here better. Now I'm here on top of Ikerobaken, the uh, mountain of Ikero. Now I know you're like, wow, did you hike up that whole thing? But yes, don't be too impressed. It's only 510 meters. So if you're uh, in Denver, stuff like that, you wouldn't call it a mountain, you just call it a hill. But that's okay because I'm here and I'm excited to continue our message leading with. And today, this month, or this month, we continue the series leading with the fruits of the spirit. And today I get to talk to you about the spirit of peace. So uh, in Isaiah nine, verse six, it's prophetically declared for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given, and the government will rest upon his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. Isn't it great to know that peace runs in the family? That as you're a part of the uh, family of God, that not only Father God, but the Prince of Peace, like peace runs in the family and it's available to us as a spiritual birthright. And you know, that's something that this world desperately needs. So now I'm not gonna tackle global peace. That's a little bit too big of a topic for me to tackle. I'm gonna leave that to the Holy Spirit, but I'm gonna talk to you about your responsibility and your relationship with peace. Now, as we talk about peace, we can't forget about all the fruits of the Spirit. Love, oh, love is great joy, kindness, gentleness, lastly, self-control. So today I need to make one more disclaimer. You're not gonna hear just from Pastor Brian. I, I know, I know you love him. You, 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 you're so kind and so gracious to him. Yes, he is incredibly good looking and sometimes he's decent at putting words together. But today you're not just gonna hear from him. You're also gonna hear from the son of a bartender. You're gonna hear from that Brian who, who graciously and just was freely given God's grace and mercy. And today I just wanna spill that over and share it with you as I was freely given. I wanna freely give to you. Now we have some really, really great and good people at Stockholm Community Church and you might not be experienced with the illustration that I wanna to use today, but, but that's okay. You can understand the illustration without having to experience it for yourself because it is biblical. And God put this scripture, not Isaiah 9 verse six, but God put this scripture in to reach a kid like me and to help him understand the fruits of the spirit. And it's this. <laughs> Ephesians 5.18, it says this, don't destroy your life. This is a contemporary English version. Don't destroy your life by getting drunk, but let the Spirit fill your life. The message states it this way, don't drink too much wine that cheapens your life. Drink the Spirit of God, huge draughts of Him. And that draught is just like this big, huge cup, and that's just like drinking it like Just make a mess of consuming the peace and presence of God, foaming and frothing on your face, soaking your shirt, 
splashing on those around you, make a mess of it. Too often the world self-medicates with drink, with media, with some form of, of drug or addiction. I once had a friend share with me, the church parties to remember, but the world parties to forget. And see, the reality is this, is the world is desperately looking for relief. Relief from what? Relief from itself. And so Ephesians 5.18, don't destroy your life by getting drunk. The Holy Spirit warns and Paul uh, anointing him to say this, but let the Spirit fill your life. So let's pray. Jesus, we come to you. We need your peace and presence to invade, not as a military force or power, but to invade with, invade with peace, to invade with hope, to invade with joy, to invade with redemption and freedom. Wherever these words are heard, wherever on the globe and whenever, the Lord God, the reality of your spirit and presence can set people free. So Lord, may my words be yours and your words be mine because you have so much more to say on this topic than I do. But I'm humbled and honored to have this opportunity. And so we just consecrate it to you and we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So today's question comes from the 11 o'clock at night bar stool evangelist. Maybe you haven't met him. Maybe you haven't met her, but but some of you have. <laughs> some of you, even as I say it, you're kind of like, oh, I know him. Pastor Brian, are you really going there? Guys, I'm really going there. And the reality, yeah, I'll get to the story. I got the funniest story to tell you in just a little bit. So but here's the reality. Even again, if you don't get the message or get, don't get the illustration, you can get the message. Here's what the 11 o'clock at night barstool evangelist is preaching to us. He's asking us this question. What would it look like if you were drunk with the peace and presence of God? What would that look like today? Yeah, today we're talking about peace, but, but what if you were drunk with any of the fruits of the Spirit? What if you were drunk with love? And Hollywood loves to portray that as, as this romantic and emotional moment. They have all these rom-coms and chick flicks. But we've all had, or hopefully, we've either had or we've hoped to have that moment when that person captures our heart, our imagination, our attention, when we just giggle for no reason, when the phone rings and we hope, we hope, we hope it's them, when we say things that we normally would never say and do things we would normally never do, and sometimes maybe we find ourselves dancing and there's no music even being played, but, but our hearts are just overflowing with what? With love. Yeah. So, joy. What would it look like if you were drunk with joy? Now, maybe you haven't had it, but I know I've had. Have you ever had that moment where you just can't stop laughing? Like, it's not just like a funny joke, because I'm like, like something is stirring and bubbling in the soul. It just... <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, you just, I, I just need a minute. And then somebody, well, you just shut that kid up in your home. Oh, I'm sorry. I am, hey, I'm sorry. Uh, well, <laughs> no, it's me, it's me. <laughs> <sighs> Man, the world needs that joy. I hope you've experienced that joy at least once or twice in your life. Now, I'd love it if you'd experience it with me. 
I always love it when you experience it when we're in fellowship together. It's uh, Stockholm Community Church. Love it when we're, we're overflowing together and we look forward to that day. What if you were drunk with patience? What would that look like? Uh, oh, <laughs> drunk with patience. If you've ever been a parent or been in a serious relationship for a long period of time, I promise at some moment you have been drunk, overflowing with patience. You get that call, you have that conversation. Wait, excuse me? You, you did what? You, you said what? No, just, just give me a minute. You see, you're letting the patience bubble up. You just get, need a little more. Come on, God, come on. Fill me, Lord. Fill me, Lord. Yeah, as a parent, or maybe you've been in an extended relationship, somebody does that one thing, and you know, God, I, I'll take another. One more round, please. Let Fill them up. Come on. I need a little more patience. So maybe some of you do know what it's like to be drunk with patience. Let's see, patience, kindness. Have you ever been unreasonably kind to somebody? And how do they walk away from that moment? I have one experience where last summer I was trying to fly to the U.S. to catch up with a family. And uh, there's been a series of delays and I was stuck at the airport. It was, it was brutal. It was excruciating. But in the process, I ended up getting a voucher. And so I'm there at the counter and I have my, you know, just one item to eat and one thing to drink. And it was all I needed but I still had more money in the voucher. But then I find out at the counter that I can't like keep it on the voucher. Like it's kind of like a one time only thing. And I'm like here and I'm like, but I don't need more. Like this is all I need, but I still got more money on the voucher and I'm not gonna waste it. So I went full American. I'll be honest with you. I'm standing there as a Swedish couple next to me and I'm talking to the lady at the counter. I'm like, wait, but this is it, but I still have more, but I can't. Uh, uh. And so finally I just go, well, what about this sandwich? Can I buy this sandwich? And all of a sudden the people just like, look at me, I, I'm taking their food, what, can, I, can I pay for this? She, and she's like typing, yes, yeah, she can. I'm like, okay, what about this drink? She's, and she's just like, you know, doesn't know what to do, you know, here I am, full American. She's typing, okay, yeah, 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 okay. Okay, what, what about this yogurt? Can I, can I pay for this yogurt? And she's like, no, no, you can't. I'm like, okay, take it off, there you go. And these people are watching me take their food from their tray and now put some food back on their tray and they don't know what's going on. And finally they say, okay, I'll take it. And they're looking at me like, what's this guy doing? And then after I pay for everything, I take their food and I put it back on their counter or back on their tray and I say, have a great day. And all of a sudden they realize I just paid for half of their meal. And you know what, in that moment, I absolutely wrecked their chance at having a bad day. I wrecked their opportunity of having a miserable flight. And you know what I did walking away? I smiled. I had so much fun, and yeah, it didn't cost me anything, but man, isn't so, so often the, like, the opportunity of like, well, then I, I, I wanna take this, and I wanna take that, and I, I mean, maybe I'll need this later, and like, but, but I had all that I needed, but I still had more, more I could take, or I had more I could give, and I got to share that, and that act of kindness, it was just, it was just fun. So have you been around people that have been irrationally kind? How about this one? Gentleness. Have you ever been drunk with gentleness? Now, I thought about this one and it came to me really quick. We have a gentleman in Stockholm Community Church. 
he's a, he's a rather big fella. And I don't know what it is, but he can never wear shirts that fit him. They're always too tight. They're always kind of like, you know, like so tight around the arms and, and the chest. And he's just, you know, a great guy, great guy. As a matter of fact, he's a guy who I never really want to be on his bad side. I like being on his good side. I like the fact that he calls me friend. So this guy, this rugby player and coach who has, you know, just wrecked lines and run into men at full speed and just like picks up a ball and goes crazy. Well, this guy just welcomed onto the planet this beautiful new life named Leah. And this man and all his ferocity and all his strength is now so restrained as he holds this beautiful, fragile life in his arms. These arms that have pushed and shoved and thrown men out of the way, now gently hold, now hold to his chest and close to his heart, this beautiful young life. <laughs> Neil and Maz are just drunk with gentleness. Now they're ex exhausted, they're tired, but you know what's overflowing in their life? Gentleness. Because they just hold this life. And you know what? I, this is what I know. He hasn't lost his strength. He hasn't lost his ferocity. It's all restrained. Because if anyone right now were to try to do harm to that beautiful little girl, they would meet the full measure of Neil's wrath. But right now, that beautiful little life is meeting the full measure of Neil's gentleness. Right now he's junk, drunk with gentleness. And lastly, lastly, what would we do being drunk with self-control? I don't have any great illustration other than this, that the world can't make you look stupid if you're not giving them anything to work with. If you just stay self-controlled, control your mouth, control your words, control your actions, boy, it's pretty hard to come against you. And so now I wanna dive deep into our illustration and I wanna come back to our barstool evangelist because he's ready to preach something and he's taught us some things. We've learned these late at night. We've had these conversations, some of us have had, and if you've never had them, you're okay. You don't have to have these conversations. You can just dive into the scripture and learn them for yourselves. But the barstool evangelist would ask us this. The one who is drunk with the, or not ask, sorry, tell. The one who is drunk with the peace of God has a high level of social confidence. Have you met him? Have you, have you met that guy who's had a little too much? <laughs> All of a sudden he's saying things and wanting to do things that you're like, dude, you're not thinking. Like, what's going on up here? And yes, they call liquor liquid courage. Because all of a sudden now they feel something and they, they feel like they gotta, they gotta say something. And all of a sudden they think they can help somebody. And so, you know, you know, they got, hey, hey, oh, I wanna, I wanna talk to her. I wanna tell her something. And we're like, no man, no, 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 don't do that, don't do that. You know, maybe, they, maybe they're like, hey, I wanna, I'm gonna text her something, okay? Now, here's the funny thing. I had the greatest chance to meet with Eddie Derrick this week. We met at Lily Home and just had a chance to talk, encourage each other, pray with each other. And as we were heading back to the SL, the, the Metro, if you're not from Stockholm, 
we just took a moment and you know, we, we took matters into our own hands. We, we risked things. And instead of just doing the elbow bump, we hugged. And all of a sudden here's this black guy and this white guy hugging in the middle. And all of a sudden this guy's on a park bench. He leans over and he says, hey man, that's beautiful. That's love. And I just looked at Eddie and we both just kind of smiled and went our own way and then I texted Eddie. I'm like, this guy just gave me my sermon illustration because you know what? Swedes don't talk like that unless one thing, no, two things are happening. They're filled with the peace and presence of God or they're drunk. And that's what this guy was. At five in the afternoon, buddy, that's not the life. Get filled with the spirit and then talk about how beautiful it was. Cause it was, Eddie's an amazing guy. And I love the way he pours into my life and he blesses me. And you know what? It was hug worthy. Even in the midst of this coronavirus. I know I took a risk, but I hugged my brother. Cause I needed to, cause it was too much. It, it wasn't enough to just do this. It was like, Eddie, you've blessed me today. And so we hugged, it was beautiful. It was full of love. And you know what, the drunk noticed it and the drunk had to say something about it. When I don't think if he was in his right mind, he would have said anything. He would have just gone, hmm, hmm. Because that's what a lot of people do. But now imagine this, if you are drunk with the peace and presence of God, you have a voice to say hard but important things. And this, this social confidence comes because you've listened. It comes because you care. It comes because you've committed to representing the Prince of Peace and bringing peace to the communities that you're a part of. And it's your desire that the kingdom of God grows on earth as it is in heaven. And so there are just moments in times when, when all of a sudden you have to speak up. You have to say something, but you're not saying it with anger. You're not kicking over chairs. You're not yelling and screaming, but hey guys, this is important. This is, I, I don't think you should talk about that person that way. I don't think that's a funny joke. Hey, um, I respect you, but I don't agree with you in that statement because I think that person's a person of value and worth. And when you say stuff like that, it hurts me. So we need men and women just saturated, drunk with the peace and presence of God that are willing to have some social courage and to have some peace and presence of God's social commentary. Now, I would always recommend that you do this in person because the social media landscape it's ever shifting sands. It's an ever moving goalpost and an ever moving target. It's really easy for anonymous, anonymous people to spew hate. And so whenever possible, I encourage you to do it in person. Second, the person who is drunk with the peace and the presence of God, they're willing to share their failures. I can't tell you how many times that I've I've sat on a bar stool and I'll be honest, before I was a pastor and after I was a pastor, there were times that yes, I sat at a bar stool to listen to somebody, to find somebody, to find somebody that belonged to me, that belonged to my heart, find somebody that needed somebody with them. And I went to some places that I wouldn't normally visit or spend time with, but it was for them. It wasn't for myself, it was for them. 
And so I would sit and listen. But there were other times, because my dad was a bartender, I would find myself at the bar. I'd find people buying me drinks. Give me Shirley Temples and Darth Vader's and Grasshop Virgin Grasshoppers, which are just like a mint, mint milkshake. You don't have to know these things. That's okay if you're like, oh, no, don't. No, you don't have to know them. Just, it's a part of my history. But there were times when I'm sitting there, just a kid, and all of a sudden somebody starts sharing their life with me. And I will be honest that uh, those stories of mistake and regret were important for me to hear. It's just unfortunate that at the age of 12, I, I didn't have much to offer. Wow, that's awful. Sorry about that. I'm gonna go play Pac-Man now. <laughs> the stories are real, the help wasn't. But now, being soaked and saturated in the peace and presence of God, I know this. I know that vodka, beer, and weed, they don't offer forgiveness. They only offer, they only medicate for a moment. They don't confront the failure, they don't console the soul, and they don't redeem the sinner. Now, when someone is sharing their failures, I can look at them not with, with disgust, not with, a, not with a raw look, but I can look at them and, and know, hey, I get it. Not because their failure is my failure, but because I know failure myself. And I know that failure is not my end. I know that failure is the beginning of a new redemption story. And I'll be honest with you. Hey, I know failure. I know failure as a man. I know failure as a husband. I know failure as a father. And there are moments and times that I've had to say my heavenly father, my wife, or my girls, guys, I blew it. Guys, I could have done better. I, I didn't hit a home run that time. I didn't even hit a foul tip. I just struck out. The words that came out of my mouth were not measured by the fruits of the Spirit. They were just my hurt, my reaction, my pain. And so I'm saying, I'm sorry. And I'm saying, God, I, I, I need a top off. I, I need another. C could you fill me up, please? Have you had those moments? If you're saturated with the peace and presence of God, then you're not afraid of your failures and you're not afraid to share them because you know failure doesn't define you. It's only the beginning of a new redemption story. And lastly, the one who is drunk with the peace and presence of God is slow to react. Now, maybe, maybe you've, you've been at this moment. Hey buddy, it's time to go. You talking to me? Maybe you've met that guy, met that girl. And again, if you haven't, that's okay. <laughs> but somebody who is drunk, and in this conversation, drunk with the peace and presence of God is slow to react because they're not all the way there. They're somewhere else. Now, if you're drunk with the peace and presence of God, then the great news is that your focus and your attitude is in a better place. And you're not just reacting to the craziness of the day. Last week, Carolyn said, for the joy set before him, Jesus endured the cross and all the torment that came with it. Now, Jesus saw the cross and he knew the reality of it, but his focus was the father and being obedient to him. 
Was he excited about the cross? No. Why would he say, God, if, <laughs> if there's another way for this cup to pass, I'll pass it. But, but Lord, your will be done. God, I'm not excited about this cross. But the most important thing is honoring you. Because if I honor you, if I'm obedient to you, then I can set humanity free from the sins of Adam. And because of that, he endured the pain of the cross, the shame of the cross, and he set us free. And so you, you can see all the pain around you. You can see the hate. You can see the division. You can see the conflict and the turmoil. You can see people being exploited and taken advantage of, but you don't have to be overwhelmed by it. You can speak into those moments and speak peace. You can be slow to react when people come at you with their hate, when they come at you with their pain, when they come at you with their struggle and saying, what are you doing about it? You can say, hey, I'm here and I'm here for you. I'm here to listen. I'm here to be empathetic. I'm here to be compassionate. But I'm not just here to explode. I'm not sure to tip things over and to make things worse and to cause more pain and to cause more hurt. I'm here to create peace. There are two voices that throughout the recent history I think have been incredible voices for peace. And that's Martin Luther King Jr. and Nelson Mandela. Amazing, amazing men. Nelson Mandela once said, I am fundamentally an optimist. Part of being optimistic is keeping one's head pointed towards the sun, one's feet moving forward. There were so many dark moments when my faith in humanity was sorely tested, but I would not and could not give myself up to despair. That way lays defeat and death. Nelson Mandela, those words are just beautiful and perfect and so needed, but your life was even louder than those words. Boy, we need his voice today. And Martin Luther King Jr., I'm a little bit more aware of just because of American history and my ability to study him. Martin Luther King Jr. was just a mountain of a man, a mountain of faith. And on April 3rd, he shared this statement and, and the speech was called, I've been to the mountain. Sorry, I've been to the mountaintop. But he says this, we've got some difficult days ahead, but it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop. I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to that promised land. And this is why I'm here today. I'm on this mountaintop. I know it's only 500 meters, but it's the closest mountain I could find. Because I believe when Martin Luther King preached that message, he was preaching it prophetically. <laughs> I believe he was living the life of Moses because he shared the I've been to the mountaintop speech on April 3rd and he was assassinated on April 4th. This speech was his last public address. 
We need his voice today. We need men that are so committed to peace that their voice echoes on beyond their life. Now, me personally, I am planning on being here tomorrow and the day after that. But if not, I'm okay that this is my last message. I would love for my last message to be, get drunk with the presence of God. But these words would mean little if you haven't seen that from my life. You want your last message to matter? Then live it today. Live it out and please be filled with the spirit of peace and let it splash and spray and soak the lives around you. Let it, let it change you. Let it change your, your attitude and your atmosphere. Let it change your movements and your actions and your words. The kingdom is coming and we want to be a part of this unending movement. We are gonna close in prayer. And if you need to start or restart your relationship with God through faith in Jesus Christ, then I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer with me. If you have only been sipping on peace and you know today it's time to drink deep the draughts of God, then I want you to pray this prayer with me. You know what, if you've been drinking, but you haven't been sharing the party with others, then I'm gonna ask you to pray this prayer with me. It's the Lord's Prayer. It's the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples and in that extended it to us. And we're gonna make it just a touch more modern, but many of us know it. Please pray with me, our Father, who is in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine, for yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power and yours is the glory forever and ever. Amen. And amen. Stockholm Community Church, get drunk with God's peace, presence, love, joy, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. Let it soak you. Let it splash and spray on those around you. You have a chance to change the atmosphere of the world around you but it starts by letting him invade you with his peace. God bless each and every one of you. And as we love to say, Sunday's here, make Mondays better. God bless you, Stockholm Community Church. Be bringers of peace and carriers of his kingdom. Amen.